0: What's up, everybody? This is Zach Doman, one of the Theology of Plain Men members. I am here with Andre and Brad. I wasn't going to drive this podcast, but before we started, I was trying to teach Brad how to drive a podcast, and he said... Not my thing. He said it wasn't his thing, and then I was talking and kind of teaching it to him, and he says, sounds like you got this pretty canned. You should just uncan it. That's not a real phrase. Um, (laughs) Things Brad says that aren't real. Anyways, welcome to the Theology of Plain podcast, everybody. We are the TPM guys. Like I, said, I really, with...
1: really want to give a rebuttal right now, but I got nothing. You have Sorry. nothing. Keep you going. have nothing. I'm right. You're wrong.
0: Um, we are a group of ordinary dudes who value a higher thinking of God beyond just the the milk that Paul writes about as far as doctors concerned. We think there's there's more to be had. Um, there There's value in thinking about theology. Even though we don't have PhDs in divinity or masters of divinity, anything like that, we're not... Okay, speak for yourself. Zach, this
1: is why you opened it. You have such a great can. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't think you should say that out loud. <laughs> do I need to call my lawyer? <laughs> oh, <what do> you- <laughs> Keep going. Uh, all right. Anyways, we are here today. We are going to talk about kind of a emerging thing. It feels like none of us are Christian history experts as far as the church is concerned um but it feels like something that's emerged recently this uh wow Harper's and that, recently in last few decades right yeah. last few decades yeah. uh my well, baby is
2: probably even beyond more than decades
1: i don't know that's just generations two yeah, generations yeah, maybe whatever gener- whatever whatever not whatever yeah, it's, not our lifetimes that's the point i right. guess right
0: um yeah harper is really displeased that we can't come to an agreement on this she is screaming upstairs um the idea of small groups and this small group Bible study thing that we see in every church—it's very prevailing, especially in the evangelical church culture. Um, I don't know, Andre. Explain the theme a little more. Where are we going with this? Of today? like what
2: a small group is and yeah, why. Yeah. yeah, tell me a so story. So I think what you see is church communities where that are basically big enough that the whole church cannot meet together in an intimate sit-down setting. So, you know, churches more than 15 to 20 people have to break up into, kind of coordinate these small group meetings.
1: Or life group or Bible study yeah. or fill AKA
2: 10,000 other names. Where typically small groups of people study the Bible together. Maybe they read through a book together. Maybe they go through some other sort of... Um, kind of scriptural curriculum and also experience and practice Christian community with one another. I think just broadly, wouldn't you say that that characterizes what we're talking
1: about? I think, sure, yeah. That would be the goal yeah. of a church creating small groups. Let's create environments for people that have intimate relationships in Christian community to learn about God and live out uh, being a part of the body of Christ in a small setting.
2: Yeah, and so then... And this is inspired by a part of scripture, uh, Brad. Can you pull that up, where we're encouraged, we're encouraged and called to continue meeting in this sort of way?
1: Sure, and I, and I don't want to pretend this is the only spot that Scripture references it, uh, but maybe the first one that comes to mind. We look at Hebrews ten, twenty-four, and twenty-five. So I'll read that here real quick. Just a little, give a little context. Says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, just the idea there that, yeah, we can still meet in a large group setting, uh, but just do not give up meeting with each other as some are in the habit of doing. Obviously, encouraging the body of Christ gather together be together, form a community, and we see littered throughout the New Testament, uh, I'll say one another statements. Love one another, spur one another on toward love and good deeds, as it says here, but also confess to one another, rebuke one another. There's a myriad of statements of living community, do this together. I think small groups that churches implement are their means of letting the rubber meet the road. Here's your theology, now go do it with one another.
2: Right. And, you know, before I say anything critical about this structure, I have to say that, you know, faith is done, is practiced in community. And our lives ought to be lived out in terms of our, um, yeah, our walk with God. Community has everything to do with that. Having people to walk through difficult times with and to think through difficult issues with, there's absolutely no replacement for that. And a spiritual life devoid of community is basically, uh, is very unlikely to be sustained.
1: Yeah, we're relational beings. We cannot accurately represent the image of God without being in close relationship with other human beings who are also made in his image. And just one example, or two quick ones, I'll say. We just look back to the first couple of chapters of Genesis. We see that God, A, is a triune God. He is three, three persons within himself, relationship right there, but additionally creates human beings, uh, creates these beings that he can come and be in a relationship with, walk among us, as we see in the early chapters of the Bible. And so just right from the start, clearly relationships is a high priority as part of being in the image of God. Yeah, yeah um, and
0: I think too, uh, you kind of touched on it earlier, As churches have gotten big, like big, big, like where you don't know everybody, big, thousands of attenders, kind of big um you know it's I think it's I think it's wise really, to kind of organize an environment where you can foster intimate relationships and this intimate sense of accountability um it's I think it's the church uh creating an environment where people where it's easier to. Be close with your neighbors right because you can be in community with people you're not close with and that might not be that helpful um, but when you create an environment where um, it's less uh, scary I guess for lack of a better word to be intimate and be close with people um, and I think putting it into a group of you know 10 to 15 people uh, kind of breaks down that barrier of you know this is kind of intimidating to get myself out for, but get myself out there. But when it's just with a few people, I think that fosters a lot of
2: good.
1: So I'm sitting here mouth close to the mic with two guys staring at me thinking I'm about to say something. So Ah, I will. I'll say something.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, If you're not going to say something, that is terrible (laughs) podcast.
1: (laughs) So the topic is small groups. Uh, We kind of laid a foundation. What are they? Why do churches do them? Are they representative of maybe a scriptural commands? Uh, I guess just like, well, what is what is the goal here? Like, yeah, we can describe them. Churches are doing them. Is it they're like a pro-con list of how to have a good one or why to even do them? Should we do them? Should we attend? Like we're, I have plenty of thoughts on the topic, but where are we trying to go with this right now? Yeah.
2: Well, I think that aside from the things that we have mentioned, that being fostering community, fostering intimacy, close you know relationships and providing a place to study the bible intentionally with other people you know i I think that those are the bare bones reasons for it um in terms of how productive they are at meeting those ends in comparison to other channels in your life in you know yeah and all of this is very situation and context dependent but that that's kind of what I think is maybe maybe up for debate. It's something that I like to think about and talk about because for me in my world, small group is is a given. It's an expectation. If I were to tell somebody that I wasn't in a small group, if I were to tell somebody you know who's Christian, kind of running in these circles, that I wasn't in a small group, I would be a little bit. I would maybe feel like I was going to be judged a little bit. Right. Like, about are that. you like, ooh, are you really a Christian? Are you, like, committed or like. Freedom? Yeah, you take your faith seriously? And I don't think that that is right. I don't think that's warranted. I think I can get I think I can foster community, Christian community. I can experience Christian community. I can learn from scripture even in a in in a context where other people are maybe sharing their opinions and I'm working through things with other people. And I think I can be held accountable with my friends. Without being in a small group, I don't think I need the structure of a small group through through my, you know, capital C church, to get that.
1: So I'll quickly say that I can empathize with the idea that if I told somebody in my Christian circles, hey, yeah, I don't I don't go to a small group, my wife and I would just stop going. I whether or not they're thinking this, I would perceive some sort of judgment from them or. Uh, at least look down upon to some extent. Like, hey, you're not as committed to your church or uh, maybe not pursuing your faith actively are thoughts that I would perceive that they are thinking. Uh, maybe we follow it up with, should we all be attending a small group? Like, is it the right thing for us to be doing? Should I feel convicted if I don't go to a small group or if I don't want to go to small group this week because I got home from work, I'm tired, I'm not feeling it? I would just mail it in if I went, so let me stay home. Like, is that something I should feel convicted about? and Be more motivated to be an active participant. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I am going to speak what I'm going to call my thesis statement for the night. <clears throat> uh, I think that w- when you ask the question, "Should we be convicted? Should we feel like we n- should our conscience convict us that we must attend a small group?" My statement is: Your conscience should convict you that you ought to practice and exercise your Christian faith in community. I'm gonna leave that thesis statement there. Cause Andre, you, you say, you know, I don't feel like I need the structure of a small group to grow in my understanding of the Bible with other people, to practice my faith and serve my community with other people, to uh, have accountability with other people. Um, you you don't need that. And, and like, we have that here. like. Us three, we we are not in the same small group. So you say he doesn't need it, but should he have it? And we are but, checking all the boxes of a small group. But I, but that's pretty much I, that's right my point. Now, that's that's my point. Is he does have it, right? He he has that in, in, even in this friend group, right? The, the this group of theology of plain men, we don't. None of us are in. I don't think none of us are in a small group together. I don't think like we're, an organized small, mostly group. in different churches. Right, we're, we we're split up in different churches, but. Our core group, when we meet up and we hang out, we function like what we're describing are the needs of a small group.
1: Oh, I couldn't agree more. I would say that you men come alongside me and encourage me and challenge me extremely well. Like, I look at you as maybe a great example of the body of Christ in my life. Right. So to your point, yes, so, keep going. So that that's
0: where I think I'm going to leave it, is I think we are called to do certain things in a community aspect. Um, and, and, you know... I want to emphasize as well serving the community and and serving other people, um, both inside and outside the church in community. Um, I want to come back to that um, a little later on when we talk about kind of how should a small group look. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I want to leave it. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Andre? Oh,
1: go ahead, Andre. Hit I it. Gonna nope. Say it. Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna say. So let's, we're, I'm using Andre as a case study here since. And this I'm okay with that. Andre hates small groups. I don't hate small groups. Andre, he told well, me. Well, actually, Andre actually, loves to small
2: groups. No, if I'm going to be honest, I don't. I'm not like 100 excited about the idea of small groups. I am in a small group, and I adore my small group. But I like, institutionally speaking. For those I'm not sold on small
1: groups. For those listening who are in Andre's small group, he has yeah. told me he loves you all. Yeah, He thinks I'm you're right. wonderful was, people. But yeah. he
0: hates the structure that you've created for <laughs> you. Yeah, that you've
2: created. Yeah, no, yeah, it's your fault. So with no.
1: Andre as our case study, uh, all right, he has a strong community of believers outside of his small group that he can do life with, that he can do the one another's of scriptural commands with outside of small group. Should he still be attending a small group? And I don't love the word should, but is there a value add? Is it worth his time, worth his investment to still attend the small group? And I'm going to argue yes. So And why, Bradford? Yeah, I'm getting there. So, so I can empathize with a lot of Andre's takes. Oh, Bradford? Yeah, I just yeah, threw right. one out there. Can we go, rewind but- that? Whoa. Let's not rewind that. Let's not repeat that. I empathize with a lot of Andre's takes of, okay, the structure that is small group. uh like there's ups and downs to it, and we can get more into that if we want. But in short, should we attend it, I think it's a value add almost no matter who you are. I think there are maybe situations. I don't want to throw a blanket over everybody, but maybe key things to think about as we look at the idea of being invested in a small group is this is an opportunity for you to invest in the lives of other believers, and meet them where they're at in their walk of faith. And some of them may be more mature that you can learn from, other may be more immature in their faith, and you can come alongside them and encourage them. Uh, And I think no matter how strong your community is outside a small group, small group is still a consistent platform for you to not consume, but produce. Go invest, let that be an opportunity for you to love those people.
2: Yes. Good. So I completely agree with that, and I would even build in another reason that the structure and the institution of small group is actually a good one. Because if I didn't, if I really didn't like small group that much, I wouldn't go. Right. So there has to be. I'm not. Sounds like challenge. I'm not crazy. Like <laughs> well, I don't. Well, unless just, we shame you enough, then you well, can go. yeah, that's well, pfft, yeah, I, I that sounds like a joke, but I'm sure there's a very big population of people that are going to small group because they're ashamed not to. Um. No, I actually really believe in what Brad is saying about being there for fellow brothers and sisters in Christ for the sake of, yeah, letting your life experience be a bounty to them, be available to them. um, And and also to say, yeah, I don't have it all figured out either. Like this is a place that I can meet people and do life with people that might have life experiences of their own that would go a long way in my life in and in, uh, in my walk. And I get that. And I, and i i understand i say i get that i mean i understand that and i also receive that so you know whatever i like to say dramatic things the other element that i see in small groups that i really believe in is fostering an environment supporting an environment that is potentially more welcoming to seekers people that are kind of as it said kicking the tires of christianity um it may be more welcoming to those types of people than a Sunday morning church service, that they could have a place where they could relationally experience the gospel and see Christian community played out um, and have that be a, an awesome opportunity for them. I, I think that that is one of the things, one of the roles that small group serves. And I'm passionate about maintaining that environment. And so if that's, even if that's the only thing that the only, which it's not, but even if that was the only fruit of small groups, I would still go just to, keep that place alive for for myself or other people to bring others into yeah
1: let's talk for just a minute here and say the target audience right now is people that either are not attending a small group or they're thinking about no longer attending a small group there's the target audience what would you want to tell them right now so
0: the biggest
1: uh one i think uh, i'd like to know why but the
0: biggest i'm just going to speculate here for a moment the biggest complaint i've heard and in fact i've wrestled with myself and um and even said out loud to other people and been um you know uh, to to friends like you guys and have been you know uh, what's the word scolded for having this thought so i've struggled with this for all you listeners i'm good at scolding um the biggest the the um the person i hear complaining about small groups the most who's like either on the fence or doesn't want to go is someone who is is the more mature Christian who's walked in their faith longer and has said, I have nothing to learn from this. I'm not going to glean anything from this community. Um, To which I've been, when I've had that thought, it's been said to me, hey, one, you're not that good, so calm down, right? You don't have it all together. There's more you will learn and inevitably that you don't know. Um, So you're not that hot, right? So cool it for a minute
1: i do like that red shirt on you though thank you uh
0: (laughs) sorry that wasn't weird i promise keep Uh, going secondly um if you are the mature adult for lack of a better word in the room then it is your obligation to come alongside people and teach them to build them up to encourage them um to sometimes correct them um that is your obligation as a member of the body of Christ to serve that function because God has granted you maturity. Um, He has brought you this far in the faith and revealed these things to you. So you ought to share those with people who are struggling with them or people who don't quite understand a a part of the Bible who need help, whatever it is. so that's I think that's a big thing to say. So if you're to the mature person out there who hates small groups, um, and doesn't want to go because you feel like there's nothing for you, one, you're not that hot. Calm down. Two, um, if if you are that hot, right, you are that good, you are that mature, you know that much about the Bible, then start teaching
1: it. That's your job. It's your obligation. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: there was a moment that you said it's your obligation, and. Uh, I was going to say, I'm not in love with the term. I also don't hate the term. Regardless. What other term uh, it, would it's, you use? Well, it sparked a passage in Luke 12. Uh, uh, super brief, two sentences. Uh, one sentence with a few commas. And it wasn't... Uh, forget it. Okay. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. If you want the context, go read Luke 12. It's toward the end. But the idea being, if you've been given much, much will be expected from you. And that is a godly statement right there. We have been blessed with much. And I don't think that's just speaking about a physical blessing. but Maybe for those who are mature in their faith, who met God earlier in their life, who had role models and other people in their community to speak into their lives and help them to grow and mature and come closer to God. Yeah. Those are blessings that God gave you to transform your life, to draw you near to him, to give you knowledge about him. He gave you much. Much is expected. Like, it's not your fault that you're super close to God and you know a ton. Like, that's a huge blessing. And you ought to invest that back into those people around you. So, yes, you are obligated. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds a whole lot like yeah, an obligation you are obligated. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I concede. All that to say, Zach's right. I don't say that often.
2: I agree with that. All right, you're right. Not that I, you know, whatever. I took I took the position of, you know, advocate of the other side today. Well, and it's not like <laughs> some of it. A lot of it is genuine. I'll admit that. But well, and I feel like we come to
0: this all the time, right? We we disagree, and then we talk about. it. We really find we don't disagree. But Zach once said that that is the
2: business model of this podcast.
0: <laughs> oh yes, I did, I did say that. That is our mo. We <laughs> say some stuff, tell a story. Um, Yell a bit. Try to give a hot take.
1: <laughs> I want to point out real quick. So, <laughs> that may be our business model. It's not lucrative to this point. Uh, we are still chasing that blue check mark. So, feel Zach free to follow been, us. Zach has been after know
2: <laughs> Brad has been after the blue check mark since, <laughs> I think, day one. <laughs> Please, if you
1: like what we are doing, follow <laughs> us. It's the least you can do. Uh, petition Instagram, basically.
0: All right. So, to try and get this back on track, despite your guys' best efforts to derail <laughs> us, um, I really think you you, you kind of said you took the opposite stance, but I, I really don't think we have. I think the Christian community, like my my let let's go like we do at the end, let's go around. What is the one thing that you want the listener to get out of this pot? If you if someone's like, Okay, small groups, the listener made it this far. Thank you, listener. I'm going. You're I'll the best. go first. Okay. okay. So if I you was gonna go far, first, but sorry. No, no, I want <clears throat> you to go first.
1: Look at your small group right now and ask yourself are they spurring one another on toward loving good deeds? Are they a Christian community looking to grow in their faith together for the sake of producing good fruit, producing godly fruit within, but also being a blessing to their community? Ask that question, and if the answer is no, that's on you to go make a difference. Start having conversations one-on-one with people in your small group, don't go complain about it. Go address it and love those people in your small group and move forward toward Christ.
0: Yes. If you have a problem, it's your problem. Um, so my my thing that I want everyone to know, I want, if, if you didn't get anything from this, I, I want you to think about broadening your view of what community is and what, quote, small group is. Um, small group is not a organized thing. Um, it can be. You know, it that can function as your small community, um, but broaden the view of what it means to do Christianity, to to exercise your Christian faith in community. Um, it's not just let's crack open the study guide my pastor made um, and read these cookie cutter questions and give cookie cutter answers and regurgitate something in this passage. It's not just let's sit around in a group and share our sin struggles from this last week. Um, it's it's not just oh let's meet and uh, buy some um, presents for Christmas for a family or something. It's not just these organized things, right? It's I don't even I'm rambling now. I don't even know where I'm trying to go. But I want us to just think more about the the construct of a small group, and you don't have to be in this structured, perfect, cookie-cutter thing to be a real Christian and to exercise your Christian faith correctly. Um, and on t- and then I'm going to say a second thing as well. I think when we think small groups, we often like equate that to Bible study. Um, and that is important. That's an important aspect of doing community. But a very important one that's actually talked about a lot in Scripture that we ignore is the idea of service. Um, we ought to be doing service. As part of a community, giving of our time, giving of our money, um, go and serve dinner at a shelter, go and share the gospel in an intentional way together, um, go and, and babysit as a community group for the parents of your church, um, do things like this as a community group, serve your community, serve your neighborhood, um, serve the church
2: and community as well. My big thing: broaden your view of what it means to be in community. And for me, I would say that I would encourage people to take stock of where where you're at and who you, what your role is in a in a small group. Um, I, I really liked what Zach said about uh, if you if you happen to identify yourself as as like somebody who could be more of a giver at small group, then lean into that and. Or you know, or if you you know, if you're like me and you have maybe some scruples about small group at large, so this is maybe <laughs> exhortation to myself, <laughs> but I think it, is, it could be applicable to plenty of people, is to take some ownership over it. Like instead of just saying, "Oh, I think small group is broken because I think the questions are bad," <laughs> ask some better questions. Like I can't remember the last time I I. Ask the question that I thought was better at small group as opposed to just moaning about, you know, canned questions or whatever. Or, you know, if your accountability time isn't deep enough, go there, like lead the way. You know, I just I think that that is something that um, comes along with identifying where you are at with your small group. Do some reflection and um, and then, you know, take take ownership and um, kind of go boldly forward so anyway thank you listeners thank you zach and brad for talking about this today um we've been talking about small groups and uh it's been really good so we hope our verbal processing was edifying in one way or another zach's laughing me off but that's okay have a good week